Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Bleeding Claret and Cobalt. Trey Fitzgerald, Ryan Hill here with you. Looking back at the dramatic draw in San Jose. All the transfer window news surrounding RSL. And we'll look ahead to Gareth Bale, Giorgio Collini, Carlos Vela, and LAFC in front of a packed house at the Riot. Could be a record-setting night at Rio Tinto Stadium. We'll get into all that and much, much more up next on Bleeding Claret and Cobalt, brought to you by One Wire Fiber. Hey guys, just a big shout out to our friend Adam Sessions and One Wire Fiber. We would not be able to bring you Bleeding Claret and Cobalt every week, every month without their great support. So you wouldn't want all your RSL news information coming from some distant out-of-state people that don't care about this community. So why would you rely on your voice, video, text for business coming from one of these big companies that literally don't care about you? If you don't own a business, but your friends do, your family does, you got to reach out to these guys because the level of customer service, of support, attention to detail from One Wire Fiber is immense. And we all know how fast the world is moving these days. If our phones, our computers, if our connectivity is not functioning properly, you just feel completely stuck in the water. And Adam and One Wire Fiber, they will figure it all out for you so you don't have to. The number one, W-I-R-E dot C-O, One Wire Fiber, they will take care of you. They care about this community. They care about this club, and they care about you. Okay, Ryan, what a week here in Major League Soccer in Real Salt Lake. The transfer window has closed. LAFC on its way. RSL trying to get back into its winning ways out of kind of the summer swoon or the dog days of summer. RSL, just two wins, four losses, three draws in its last nine games, dating back to the June 4th loss at Vancouver prior to the international break. LAFC in that time, eight wins, one loss, one dry. Also, they've added Gareth Bale and Giorgio Collini in that time. Uh, They have shipped a few players out. We'll get into that. RSL has brought some players in, waiting for uh, visa requirements to be fulfilled, and those guys will be on the ground here wearing the Claret and Cobalt. And then Pablo's got some um, added arrows in his quiver, replacing Everton, Johnny Menendez, and Chris Cablan, who have all departed uh, during this window. But first, let's look back to last weekend in San Jose. Kind of a a difficult performance, right? You've got uh, footing issues. You give up an early PK off of kind of a, I would say, a muffed clearance maybe by by Aaron Herrera that led to a handball call against Justin Glad, penalty kick converted, RSL down one nothing, but Jasper Loffelsund um capitalizing on really a great run up the left from Andrew Brody. Brody slips the ball to an on-rushing Jasper. Jasper gets in alone from 30 yards out on the keeper and slots it home. You've got an equalizer, you get to halftime, 1-1, you're feeling good. Early moments of the second half, Sergio Cordova is able to get onto a ball, I believe, from Aaron Herrera. It might have been Michael Chang. I don't have it committed to memory. But anyway, he's in alone on the keeper. He's able to round the keeper but loses his footing, doesn't get 
good wood, as they would say in baseball, on the on the ball and uh, opportunity to go up two one and really seize control of the game is lost. Excellent, you know, clearance off the line by uh, I believe a Brazilian defender there for San Jose, Nathan, the center back, and um, then about fifteen minutes after that. Poor clearance by Zach McMath. Goes straight to a San Jose player. He makes one pass into the center of the defense, and suddenly San Jose is up 2-1. And uh, RSL really pushing the back you know, 20, 30 minutes of that game, opportunity after opportunity. The San Jose keeper, Marcinowski, um, able to stop a lot of those attacks. And then who is it but Jefferson Savarino at the death, Five minutes into stoppage time, great ball from the left by Justin Miram finds uh, Savarino. He chests it down, slots at home very calmly, full of poise. It was not a blast. It was not a bomb. It was just a well-placed shot that kind of went off the fingertips there of, of uh, the San Jose keeper. And RSL is able to snap a three-game losing streak with obviously a very dramatic 2-2 draw at San Jose. Ryan, what were your thoughts uh, watching this game and, and the aftermath thereof? Yeah, what a roller coaster. Um, listen, I'm not I'm not a glutton for punishment or anything, but just watching the <laughs> the highlights and seeing the, the Cordova play come yeah. together. Yeah. Th- that was a Miram, uh, a Miram pass from behind midfield up the center. That run that I think Cordova looks for almost all the time, I think that's the run he's looking for, and it kind of doesn't hit a lot, and that time it hit perfectly, and just that <laughs> The, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's it's. I mean, there's nobody in the in the in the world that feels that pain more than Sergio does there. I yeah, mean, I know. There's no, yeah. he's not happy with that performance, I'm sure. But seeing those things kind of come together, there was a lot of things that were going well for the the you know the the flow. I think was good. Um, loved you know you know me. I'm going to talk about Brody for sure. Well, he's the engine that never stops. And then that that pass to uh, Jasper there was just sublime. I think. And then I'm always looking for the the. The bright spots in the games, obviously, I mean, that's my, you know, we always believe, you know, right? And yep. uh, when Jefferson had the ball there in the box at the end, it was, I, I mean, I yelled in my, in my room or in the, in the living room of my house, like, uh, he's got it before he did it. And, <laughs> like my kids. Yeah, no, I think was, everybody with RSL uh, favor was celebrating early because well, it was he those, got the hard part done. Yeah, it was. Like, it, felt, it felt like, of course, that was going to happen. It kind of felt like a, the... When he had the ball there, I mean, there's some been some Demir moments like that where he's had the ball at that moment. You know it's going to go. Then you're watching the replay and seeing the ball come off of uh, what's his the keeper's name. He had a great game, I think. The yeah, Marcinowski. I mean, I mean he, he's he's obviously he's one of those keepers too that's kind of been floating around and hasn't had a really sweat, but he's he had some good moments, I guess. And to the chagrin of RSL, he had a pretty good game. But that ball came off like inside his shoulder, like it was between his shoulder and his hand. It's like that's one of those that as a keeper, you're like, you save that 99 times out of 100. Sure. And have uh, Jefferson find that hole in that moment was even more – it was – I don't know. It's it's tough. We all, we always talk about on this, you know, when you're when you're on a, a show that tries to find the silver linings, you do talk about the, um, the, the tie that feels like a win. Yeah, I mean, being in San Jose, the guys were, I think, relieved to have gotten a point, but they were disappointed – to not get three. And, you know, you and I have talked about this on this podcast kind of all year. Like, that expectation of results on the road, that's that's relatively new. And that disappointment with only getting one and not three on the road, I think is very new. And certainly you'd had three straight road losses prior to the San Jose game. 
in Vancouver, in Minnesota, in Atlanta. And you look at some of those games, and even the San Jose game that we're talking about, you're gifting the opponent's goals either through, again, super fine uh, margins on decisions that turn into penalties um, or mistakes, turnovers. And and so, you know, kind of these road losses that should be draws or draws that you think should be wins combined with dropping points at home. And look, we dropped a lot of points at home last year, too. They were early. This year, we were good on the road early. We were unbeaten at home for the first 10. And then you lose that game against Dallas, which was a, a really good performance. But if you're not going to finish your chances, um, that's the fr- frustrating thing, I think, for for fans, for players, for everybody. Why create them if you're not going to finish them, you know? And you know you need to create six, eight, ten to convert one or two. And and look, Dallas got out of here doing what they wanted to do. They had 11 behind the ball after they get the, what, 19th minute, 18th minute goal uh, on the Miram turnover that led to that. But again, that's just, this is what Pablo talks about all the time. It's moments. You can have 89 minutes and 55 seconds of great moments, but you s- switch your brain off for a split second on a throw in or, or, or you know, set piece or anything else, the other team can punish you. And LAFC, what they've been so good at is punishing you. And like you said, they've got world class star stars in Bale and and Vela and 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 Kalini, but they've also got you know Chicho Arango, who has scored twenty something goals in his last thirty five games. Like he's been amazing. Sifuentes, uh, even Hollingshead, um, they just. They have a very, very deep, deep roster. Um, Opuku, uh, you know, it just goes on and on. Like, there are no weaknesses on that roster. And so, Saturday night here at Rio Tinto, um, it's a big opportunity because, you know, I think going into this glut of home games in June and July, in fact, had RSL beaten Columbus instead of settling for that 0-0 draw here at the Riot, I think we would have temporarily overtaken LFC for first. That was a Saturday night game. They played Sunday. Um, and I know that you know some of the fans have, have kind of mocked Aaron Herrera and the guys for recognizing that fact that, like, hey, we could have gotten into first place. And LAFC's just been red hot since then. Again, eight wins, one loss, one draw uh, since that time. We've kind of treaded water we've lost at home to dallas you tie at home against colorado and blowing a 2-0 lead you tie at home against columbus in that 0-0 um you look at the vancouver game the atlanta the minnesota games on the road those are games where you take one play and obviously this isn't how soccer is played but you know those those mistakes or mental breakdowns lead to points dropped and so could RSL have another maybe eight to ten points that we don't have right now that we feel like we've just kind of given away? Absolutely. Now, here's the other thing. Now, because we've not taken advantage of that opportunity, uh, there are 11 games left. Uh, we alternate home and away for the rest of the year, so no um, you know, extended East Coast trips or whatever. And we are one of, I think it's, nine teams between third and 10th place in the West that are separated by 
I think, six or seven points. So it's going to be a tight, tight race the rest of the way. Every result is going to matter. And, um, you know, look, I think the silver lining is Saturday night against LAFC, it's going to be a packed house. It's going to be electric. The game's been sold out for five or six days. Uh, we're selling standing room only tickets. There's a chance to sell a new or set a new attendance record of 21364 uh, to break what uh, the Galaxy and Zlatan did here back in September of 2018. And um, an opportunity like, look, we've got two head to head games with LAFC. We've got another game. We go to Dallas later this year. We go to Austin later this year. Um, we go to Galaxy. We go to Seattle. So the good thing is is we play the teams that we need to try to distance ourselves uh, from or with in the standings. we got Minnesota coming here. They're in the mix uh, there in the West as well. So I think Vancouver comes here still this year. So, look, the West is always a dogfight. And – uh, hopefully soon-ish, we get Demir Krylock back. You get Bobby Wood back. You get uh, the new guys in, starting with Danny Musovsky, who we acquired from L.A. as you know one of their kind of backup forwards. But 11 goals in 1,800 minutes is a pretty good clip. And uh, other fan bases, uh, a lot of the media that do pay close attention to this league felt like that was a steal of a move for RSL to get that done. He's a uh, very interesting nine who kind of does some things, makes the runs, uh, presses the way Pablo wants. Um, Pablo thinks he'll just um, bring some different options and add to the depth. And who knows how the new guys are going to do. It does take time to get them here, get them healthy, uh, get them integrated um, culturally, have them assimilate. Obviously, immigration takes a while. So for Danny Masofsky, um Brian Ojeda, the Paraguayan U-22, and Brian Oviedo, the 32-year-old Costa Rican World Cup starting left back, those are, are guys that, that will also bolster this roster. Hopefully they all get here and are able to get uh, integrated when we start having three-game weeks in September when we're making that playoff push. And uh, it should give Pablo, again, a ton of options uh, to rotate when needed, to rest guys when needed, because – you were talking about Brody earlier. You talk about Justin Miram. Um, you know, those guys have played nearly every minute of every game this season. Zach McMath is the only one who officially does, but he doesn't run eight miles a game like those guys do. Uh, Michael Chang has appeared in every game. Uh, so just, just having a little bit of extra, not only depth if needed, but to have those caliber of players raise – the level of competition every day in training to compete for who's going to start and who's going to dress. I think that's um, that's going to be, um, at least initially, the the most exciting part of these moves as the uh, transfer window closed. Yeah, I'm seeing with this whole um, – the way it's shaking out with the the, um, the table, I guess. Um, I think it's, it's a pretty traditional-looking like MLS Western Conference table where everybody is within striking distance and you see – um, you see some teams that are struggling, you see teams that you pay attention to the whole time. Like, how are we, you know, we've got so many, you know, things are missing, but like they're, you know, within striking distance in the top. I think that's the, the, the reality of MLS. It's like at some point things are going to get, a, there's going to be a shakeup and the, the, the job is to be in, in striking distance, I guess. It's like to make sure that your team is ready when things start to fall apart for these other teams, you know? 
LAFC played this weekend. They played on Wednesday. They played against Club America um, in the League's Cup Showcase. The League's Cup Showcase that was in Vegas, I think. 71,000 in yeah, LA. Was it, it was, the, oh, the LA. Rams oh, was it LA? Yeah. yeah. So it was LA. Um, it's SoFi, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, just a, a gigantic game. Um, no goals scored in that no, game. And, and shootout. Uh, and so a shootout. And the, had, you know, just a. It was actually kind of an intense shootout. There yeah. was some weird stuff happening, but it's a good time to get LAFC coming through right now on the second day of or, or the second game of a two-game week. You know, you want to see you want to see those teams come in when they're their best. Anyway, you want yeah. to see the teams. You want to see the teams. Like even if they do, if they if they take the result, you know, you want to know that you were beaten by the best team. So what I'm looking forward from this team, I just want to see. I'm I'm, I'm excited to see like some of these, uh, you know, from RSL's uh, lineup right now. There's there's some things that are happening that I think. Um, you know, do kind of get overshadowed by the fact that maybe people aren't, I don't know, the, the idea that people aren't playing in the right positions or that there's maybe some, I don't know. I am, I for one, I'm I'm, I'm very excited to see um, what uh, Jasper Lofsson has been doing. I think that like to see him continue. I think this is a good, this will be a good test to see um, whether he comes in as a starter or as he comes in off the bench. I think he's, his, uh, his energy is definitely boosting what's happening on the field. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to still watch what Cordova is doing. I think that like, you know, obviously he's frustrated. Obviously we're frustrated watching it, you know, for him. Um, I think just seeing him finish some of these, I think that's there. I mean, there's obviously the qualities there. He's, he's, he's a quality player, um, who needs to be consistent. And I think that nobody knows that more than he does. Um, I also feel like we're seeing things like from Herrera. Herrera's have been having some, some, you know, his his performances haven't been as consistent as I think we're seeing, but I think we're seeing some of his best his best moments recently. I, th I don't know if you agree with that, Trey, but I think that there's some some of the things that he does out there on the on the wing there. I think have been very. Um, he's been causing some some dangerous situations. Sure. Other than, and then obviously I'm always looking at Brody. I think really like honestly like I don't want to overstate it. I know that Brody's playing in a position that like. You know, in maybe in a in the full strength RSL, he doesn't get the minutes he's got. But I think that like when you're watching people rise to the occasion, you're seeing somebody. You know that I don't know. I don't know that a lot of people pegged him as an MLS player, an MLS starter. You know, when they saw him with the Monarchs, he was always no. a, he was always a very good role player and always a very good like. You want him on the team. He's got the energy and the the drive to make your team better. But I don't think people saw him where he is now, and he's he's a different player than he was before. Sure, like, I've watched. I, I doubt there's many people who've watched as many Andrew Brody games as I have <laughs> and I've seen him well and that's why he was rewarded with that contract a yeah. couple months ago and and he is one of the first guys I'm sure that Pablo pencils in and, yeah and well I mean I think I think that you if you're talking about if you're just talking them if you're just talking like the list to help guys line up I don't think he makes I don't think he's somebody who makes the starting lineup for a lot of MLS teams right now. But I think mm. that the reality is I don't, I can't see a lineup where he wouldn't be an asset. Like, honestly, like look at these teams, like nobody would, if you had somebody performing like Brody on your team, it doesn't matter which team you are. You're yeah. Gonna... It's funny. Cause I, I think on social media, some of the fans kind of mocked us for uh, promoting him for the all-star game. But I mean, this is a guy that has played equally on the left and on the right this year because of the Herrera injury issues. Um, he's played on the outside in a back four. He's played wing back in the five-man midfield in a 3-5-2 on both sides. Um, and he just he just goes out and doesn't stop. And as we've heard Justin Glad talk about him, as we've heard Aaron Herrera talk about him, uh, Tate Schmidt, obviously those guys have all known him uh, for you know eight, nine years dating back to the academy days. But not only does he have a nonstop engine, he's got a tremendous soccer brain. And I think what we're seeing this year is 
even before he got the new contract, like the confidence that he has, he knows that he belongs on that field in MLS. And, and, you know, that's, that's amazing for a guy who uh, was driving Uber when he was with the Monarchs, thought about quitting, went over to Austria to kind of rediscover his love of the game and came back and has really seized an opportunity. And, And it's not linear. We've talked about it before. Success is not linear. Every, every success story has a, roller coaster ride before you know any of it really comes to light and uh couldn't be happier for andrew brody a guy that definitely bleeds for this club uh that loves to do whatever is asked of him i think he started all but one game this year he didn't start the new york city game um in that bizarre yankee stadium pitch that i can't get over on early uh easter sunday so uh very happy for brody you know brody herrera they make the guys around them better we've talked about this with Justin Glad, his communication piece. Marcelo Silva has raised his game this year. Um, certainly, you know, Jefferson Savarino, it's awesome to have him back. He's only been back for nine games. Uh, he has five goals, uh, three assists. Um, and you, I don't know, Justin Miriam, you can go on and on about what he's done this year. You know, Cordoba has created a ton of chances. Obviously, um, he's under the microscope because number nines usually are, and and cr- when you create as many chances as you have there, and and look, well, success success for this game is going to come from transition, and it's going to come from like making you know capitalizing on an LAFC loss of possession, right? I think though, looking at these guys that I kind of have been highlighting there, like that's that that's the transition team, like at Brody to Miram to Cordova, that's it right there. If you can, if those things are connecting, there's going to be goals. I think that's yeah. for sure. Um, Justin Glad, you should just mention briefly, but like it's unfortunate to see him be the one that, you know, gets the handball called on him in the game in, yeah. you know, last week, because we have noticed and it's not, it's not lost on anybody that when Justin is in the team, that back line is solid. Um, so I'm hoping what I'm hoping to see my wish list for this game is I want to see those connections, you know, like I want to see RSL punish some mistakes. I don't know that, that LAFC has a lot of mistakes in them. I think that's the yeah. whole point of this team. It's a bunch of guys that know how to keep the ball, but punish those mistakes by being, being quick on the transition. And I think we'll see some, some, uh, I mean, we're going to see some success there. I think that that's, uh, we're starting to see it too. Um, so anyway, that's my, that's what I'm looking for. Awesome. Um, I think, look, the atmosphere is going to be electric. I always go back to Javier Morales talking about, you know, playing games in Portland or Seattle where, where the where you feel like you're in this cauldron and the crowd is a buzz. Those are the easier games to play, even when you're on the road, than he used to talk about going to Chivas or Dallas where you could hear the mom ordering nachos or, or cotton candy for her kid, right? So, um I, I'm so excited for, you know, what may take place tomorrow night here at Rio Tinto and just the opportunity that this group has because, you know, Pablo's talked about Michael Chang being the most underrated midfielder in the league. Um, Anderson Julio is healthy, and he only has one goal since he came back, but hopefully he can be somebody that steps up massively down the stretch. So the thing is with LAFC, we've only beaten them once here in this building. They have the best – uh, record in this building out of any Western Conference team, and they haven't been around that long. We did lose to LAFC three times last year, all by one goal, but still. Um, we haven't beaten them uh, in this building since 2020. 
Um, but we obviously we do have a massive playoff win against them. Thank you to Demir back in 2018. So again, all that past history stuff, it's fun for a stats geek like me, but as Pablo likes to remind me, none of those, none of that stuff matters. All that matters is the 90 minutes tomorrow and being up for it and being ready. And and he told the media today, Hey, they're an incredible transition team. They've got all the different pieces on the attack and in the midfield. We gotta, we gotta be switched on. We gotta try to keep some possession, pick our spots, and and really fight and move for each other uh, to create the opportunities that we want to create. But he's excited to try to reward uh, our fans with with a fantastic performance and hopefully, obviously, all all three points. Um, we talked a little bit about Musovski. He uh, is a guy that didn't get a ton of chances at LA FC because of their star-studded attacking group. Um, a lot of LAFC fans seemed online um, a bit sad and maybe bittersweet to, to watch Danny go, and they're excited that he's going to get an opportunity here. Um, certainly, I don't think our fan base knew much about him um, because I, I don't think a lot of markets that a local fan base watches a lot of other MLS games, and obviously it, it varies from market to market. Um, it was interesting to see fans in Nashville or Kansas City or uh, San Jose or you know some of the other markets lament that their front office wasn't able to get uh, the Musovsky deal done. So time will tell what he's able to bring. He, he last started for LAFC July 8th, came out in the 43rd minute with a hamstring injury, um, he thinks he's a couple more weeks away. He will be in the building Saturday night. He will do an interview with DJ and Dunny at halftime of the LAFC TV broadcast. So if you're coming to the game, make sure you have your DVR set so you can watch Danny uh, when you get home. Uh, Brian, uh, spelled B-R-A-I-A-N, Brian Ojeda, 22-year-old Paraguayan, played uh, World Cup qualifying for Paraguay comes to us on loan from Nottingham Forest. Uh, Nottingham Forest making the move from championship, promoted up to the Premier League. So uh, Brian only got three games uh, with uh, Forest in the championship last year, but he is the first RSL U22 initiative. So one-year loan, option to buy uh, next summer. Uh, he's been described to me as a maybe a, a more athletic uh, Everton or a more athletic Pablo Ruiz, so he can he's at home on the six. He can also play as an eight. Uh, I think everybody here is excited to see how he plays with Pablo Ruiz, Jasper, uh, certainly Scott Caldwell, Nick Beasler, that whole kind of like core central midfield uh, group. So he'll be here in a couple weeks, pending all his immigration stuff. And then was there uh, any was there any connection with because uh, there's the Nottingham Forest? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, Elliot and Kurt are talking to Dane and Tamor about, you know, who's who's there and what we're looking for. And, you know, I, I know that there was probably uh, there was a lot made online of of an Argentine holding mid uh, Facundo Perez, who I think uh, might have been the backup if if the Ojeda deal doesn't get done. But um, uh Ojeda seems very excited for the opportunity to come here and to come to MLS. And, you know, Paraguay didn't qualify for the World Cup, but he did participate in, uh, I think, four of their World Cup qualifiers. Those are his senior team caps. So, um, you know, he's he's viewed as a guy that likes to really help shield the back four, but he can 
he can pass and move and shoot and do those things on the attacking side as well. So um, excited to see him. And then the last acquisition was Brian Oviedo, 32-year-old Costa Rican, has spent uh, the last 12 years in Europe. He was training with Saprisa this summer. I think it looked like he was going to sign there, but um, he had kind of a a pre-agreement is what I think it's called with Saprisa that they would make a decision by August 15th if he was going to stay or go somewhere else. And ultimately he decided to come to Real Salt Lake and Major League Soccer. Um, he had not played much in the last year with Copenhagen, uh, did have quite a career with Everton and um, I think it was South, is it Southampton or Sunderland? I always get those two mixed up. I'm pretty sure it was Southampton. It was Sunderland, so I apologize for that confusion. Sunderland. Um, but had played heavily for Costa Rica in the World Cup qualifiers uh, over the last year when he wasn't, I guess, playing a ton of club soccer. But um, he's he's considered uh, left back and obviously a great piece of depth to have if either Brody or Herrera get hurt. Because obviously if Herrera gets hurt, Brody flips to the right. You can slot Oviedo in. But a guy that's uh, played in World Cups, um, big games for Costa Rica before, played for Everton, scored at Old Trafford against Manchester United in his younger days. Um, I think everybody believes he'll be a, a phenomenal addition to the locker room and somebody that will just, again, raise the level. And that's what I think Pablo is always trying to do is how do we raise the level every day in training? How does that translate through to games? And uh, the games are all going to matter greatly uh, in the final 11 here. He's he told the guys after the game in San Jose that the West is obviously going to be a dogfight. We're going to have a lot of games that look like that San Jose game where it's just um, fighting tooth and nail to try to win the ball, to try to uh, defend, to try to string passes together. Uh, the intensity is going to ratchet up a notch here in the last two and a half months of Major League Soccer season. And RSL clearly is uh, not only wants to get in the playoffs, but wants to host a home playoff game. So that means a top four seed. It won't be easy, but uh, everybody in this in these four walls believe that the talent is there to get it done. Yeah, I think that's what we're we're looking for too. Is Johnson more than anything? We want to see these guys come in and fit into the system. I think that Pablo's system has proven, like as far as like getting results. And yeah. I think that um, if we can get these guys, you know, playing for the, you know, playing together, getting comfortable with each other. Um, you know, I think that there's going to be success. Um, one other thing I wanted to ask you about, Trey, um, just as we're sitting here today right now, uh, the news is coming through that um, DC United's picking up Ben Teke from Crystal Palace. And I think that a lot of people that have been very on edge throughout the transfer window see something like that. And it just kind of, it's another bomb into that little fire there. Yeah, I was shocked to see that myself. Um, again, I'm curious to see how much DC United paid for him. Uh, Stephen Goff from the Washington Post, I think, had said it, it is DC United's biggest ever transfer uh, payment, and he will be DC United's highest paid player. Um, obviously, Benteke has been a, a guy that we've all loved to watch. 31-year-old, yeah. year old, I think. Um, I think scored four goals for Crystal Palace last year. Um, I haven't talked to Elliot or Kurt to find out, you know, kind of the machinations of all that. Um, I think that's one of the things like too, like, I think even if you're inside, like, I mean, I think that maybe let me just dispel this a little bit, but, uh, 
I think there's a this, this idea that everybody who is inside of the building knows every little detail <laughs> of everything that's happening. Yeah. Um, I do think that as we're seeing this kind of come out, it is one of those things that like, yeah, there's no way that like DC United is communicating with people at RSL what's happening with their with their movements. But I think, um, but I, just let me play the the part of like you know this is why I think that as a RSL fan, obviously you want everything that good to happen in soccer to happen sure. to RSL. Um, Without being too like, antagonistic, Trey, like you can see why why someone like me would be super frustrated about like that kind of news in this situation, right? Sure, like we all we all want to sign a bunch of eight ten million dollar players every window. If you look at how RSL has constructed its roster, that money is spread around. Like we are, we've just never been a locker room where you have a eight million dollar guy and an eighty thousand dollar guy. Um, there is disparity, and as this league has grown, uh, you are getting more high profile DPS. You are getting bigger transfer fees. I think one of the ones that a lot of people have cited this window, certainly Columbus going out and spending ten million dollars um, for Cucho from Watford, like that's a big move. The guy came in the league and scored four goals in his first 88 minutes. But I just look, I don't I don't know. Yeah. At some point, maybe when we feel like we're at a point that one or two big money guys would put us over the top. But like this club got into the Western Conference final yeah. a year ago. And and we've been above the home playoff line until last week all year without our captain, Demir Krylock. And we went out and got Savarino back. And so, and look, I don't know if this is people saying, hey, here's here's the budget. I don't know if it's Pablo saying, hey, I like our locker room. I don't want to bring in a guy that makes more than just about everybody else combined, you know? And I don't, again, until the Benteke numbers come out, look, the other thing is David Blitzer is not the managing partner of Crystal Palace. So I get that the Blitzer group has interest in in Palace, but I don't I don't think they're making the soccer decisions for yeah. Palace. They can't just say, "Hey, slide this guy over to our team in in Utah." And like there's also I think league regulations that if you're an owner that has interest in multiple teams, you can't just slide guys through on the cheap like yeah. you have to abide yeah. by the rules of the league and the rules of the marketplace um i think there's a perception that hey we are we got cordova for free and we got cablon for free and that like those clubs have goals too either on the field or or off the field so it's not it's not kind of what the perception is i look well i think i think that's the thing it's like it's it it felt like a very like just i mean honestly i'm sitting here with you i came we did the stadium i came over here watched training and during that is when the news came out so it's like everybody's like processing right now and i was i was just commenting to somebody as i was sitting here i was like i feel like things are finally starting to calm down from the the transfer window i think you know being a baseball fan i've seen this i see this happen all the time um i think that ultimately i think that rsl pulled off during the transfer window what they promised. I think everybody wants to sign the big names, you know, that are, that are available. Um, I think that it's just, it is an interesting, weird, like perfect storm of like, what could possibly rile up the, the fan base more than seeing something like this happen? Um, I do think that that's an interesting point that you brought up though, about like, um, well, 
we're, we're, we're very excited about the, the, the connection between the Blitzer clubs and having that umbrella, you know, sure. it's like, that's what a great thing to have this, 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 this reach, this, that you can be connected to all these different things. Um, but you do kind of see the, where the, where the, that may actually throw up some, some hurdles well, along the way. It gives you the opportunity to expand your network, but yeah. it, it doesn't mean you skip it doesn't, steps. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't give you an unfair advantage. Uh, it's funny, but this is this also kind of reminds me. This 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 whole thing kind of reminds me of. Um, um, I I bring up Nadim a lot on here. You know that I've, sure. I can, I'm kidding, but um, it, it, he actually tells a story in his book. I may have actually told the story in this 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 show. Now that I think about it, but but when he was coming to um, MLS, his uh, his first contract offer was from LAFC. And, mm. um, he went and talked to him and he was looking at it and the numbers they were giving him and the length of contract they were giving him, it didn't like make sense to him to like bring his family over for this, you know, possibly six months, maybe is the only thing guaranteed. And, uh, he was kind of going back. He's like, he was asking his agent, he's like, nothing else. There's nothing else for me. And like, he's like, that's, there's gotta be someone else that, you know, another team that would give me a little bit more stability. And his agent said that, oh, there's another team, but you're not interested. Is what the, what is which is agent something of those lines, and the reality was like the RSL offered to him hadn't even been tra- haven't even hadn't even been told them by his agent because yeah. like, and that's uh, because I don't know I don't know much about like anything more than what was what he wrote in the story he he told me the story once too but um, but like the idea that like there's people that are being actively shielded from like interest in RSL or like from RSL it's like that that kind of thing kind of. That that gets me as an as a Utah sports fan. That gets me fired up because I've heard the similar things like with NBA, like how hard it is to get an NBA player to come play here, how hard it is to get a uh, you know a top recruit from college football to come and play in Utah. It's like there's there's a lot of things that are like well for whatever reason this doesn't this isn't yeah, the first. Look, there's a ton of stereotypes about our state that we all know about, and they've they've changed over the 17, 18 years that I've been here, but they still exist. And look, every there's the assumption that any 20 to 35 year old big money European or South American player, you know, they want to go to LA, they want to go to New York or they want to go to Miami. And a lot of them do. But as you found out with Natum and as we've all found out with other players, some guys want to come to the mountains. Yeah. Alvaro Sabarillo, the minute Garth Lagerway showed him pictures of, of the mountain backdrop of our stadium, he said, yeah, I'm in. And I don't know. It's Well, I, I have no doubt that there's going to be a big RSL signing. I think Blitzer's group is going to, like, do that. I think that Ryan Smith wants that here. He wants, you know, the – he wants that kind of – I think that that's – the ownership wants this. They didn't want to just sit on this team and just let it exist as it always right. And I think that, like, the reality of, like, what's happening with the league, I think you're seeing these teams. Like, when you hear Columbus sign for yeah. – you know, Columbus is a team that has been very cons- content with being just – we have an MLS team, you know, without having right. – you know, you got some – Higuain well, and the league's evolving yeah, in some is. ways. But, but I think, but like, there is something to be said for competitive stability. Like RSL is literally, yeah, the only club to have won playoff games or series in three of the last four years. Yeah, um, going into the playoffs last year, Kansas City was part of that group, but then uh, we knocked them out. Yeah. So, uh, well, I see, I see, I, I. I Look, know that, we, I know there's a big signing in the future. I think it's ha- it's going to happen. It's going to be it's going to be what people wanted. To, I mean, it's going to be the thing that people are asking for right now. It's going to but it's good. what the reality is is when it does happen, 
It's going to fit. It's going to be somebody who wants to be here. It's going to be somebody who right. knows what's going on here and wants to be part of that. It's not going to be someone we have to like fool to come over here or just like, you know, that, oh, I tried the other teams and it work. I think that that's what I, what we can expect from this front office is that the, they're finding the players that fit here. And I think that's kind of been the message we've heard from as we've had Elliot come through here, as we had Zarkos yeah. come through here, as we hear what Pablo says to everybody. It's like they're not just throwing pieces in and say, deal with it. You know, yeah. this is this team is being purposely – uh, conscientiously built to be what, you know, to be successful. And I think it's just, you can see like, I mean, at this point, I think that that's how you be successful in MLS. I think that the, you see the teams that are cohesive are the ones that, that have the success and the ones that just put in the big names. It doesn't always work out that way. I mean, like, I mean, there's I mean, no look at the galaxy. Yeah. I mean, they arguably they have had success, but they also have had a success when they were the only team that was paying for players at all, you know, like, yeah. so like, but yeah, when you do throw, but their success was pre Zlatan. Yeah, right? and, thing, and but you throw that's the thing is like you throw somebody like that in the mix, and maybe, maybe that just, you know, maybe that's just not something that the, I mean, you can't just count on one person yeah. to score the goals. I think that the, the reality is right now, I think that you have a cohesive unit with RSL. I think that they are working together. I think it's a team that like plays together and can find things on their own. So if you did add a, if you added somebody who could fin that was finishing consistently, obviously right. think there'd be more goals, and that's the things that I think that we we're looking for. I know I know the energy that's being spent by the front office to find these players that fit. And I know that the reason why some of them haven't signed here is because they didn't fit. I'm pretty yeah. sure that there's been people who have overlooked that could have been a big name signing that maybe it would have got fans off their backs. I'm I'm sure that that's happened. That someone that that people have over that those kind of players have been overlooked because there's no way that they would have fit into this system and been successful. They would have been a lot of money. They would have maybe scored some pretty goals. But I think that the reality is like we have a team that's from top to bottom being considered like, where does it fit? And I think, well, and it's also like, just cause we changed ownership six, seven, eight months ago, doesn't mean we've abandoned every principle, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean we stop caring about the Academy. It doesn't mean we stop being a development club. And certainly as Pablo's built the culture on the competitive side and in the locker room, it doesn't mean that, you know, you go from having, I don't know, 10 players that make between 250 and 750 to all of a sudden having uh, some guys that make four, six, eight, 10 million, and then guys that make 80 grand. You know, obviously, uh, Jasper and Chang are on the lower end and they've done extremely well. Um, but you really have kind of a solid core of 15, 18 guys that are all moving in the right direction. And I think. Not to pick on the galaxy, but um, you know, you look at philosophically. Sure, they've had big stars: Robbie Keane, Zlatan, Chicharito, the Dos Santos. But like a lot of those haven't worked out, right? And time will tell. But like most of the the player that they signed a couple of years ago, that or I guess beginning of last year, that a lot of people loved was uh, the D mid Ravellison, and they just sold him uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, to bring in, uh, again, a young starlet from Barcelona that uh, I'm just reading in The Athletic today. A lot of people don't understand how, how they got this guy in on a TAM deal and their suspicion, and, and, and you're going to see more and more of those. But I think, I think if you look at the teams that have gone after high-priced DPs, at least to this point, has it made a difference in winning games? Has it made a difference in winning championships? And... Look, RSL, again, not the flashiest signing. Utah, not the flashiest um, venue for a team or city. But 
We got third in the West in 19. So we beat LAFC in the playoffs in 18. You get third in the West in 19. COVID year, 2020 is a COVID year. 2021, you go to the Western Conference Final. And this year, we've been between second and fourth. And now we're in fifth this week. But you're you're in that middle. You're very much in contention for a home playoff game. Um, obviously, I'm biased, right? Yeah. I love this club. Yeah. Um, I love the people here. But I think we have built this the right way. And, again, I'm not in the meetings with Pablo and Elliot and ownership. But I, I, I do believe that at whatever the right point is, is it is it this winter in January? Is it next summer? I don't know. But at some point, I think we're going to feel like, hey, we've got this core and we've got this team that needs one more piece or two more pieces to put us over the top. And I guess as a fan, I think all of our hope is that is that money won't be an issue. But it, they're not going to throw money around without it being backed up by data, without Pablo literally looking in a guy's eye and having a meal with him and like Jason used to do and many others have done to say, yes, this person is the right fit in this locker room. And I don't know, man, I, I would argue, and I, I think Sam Stasekel with the athletic is working on something like this about the relationships of money and DP spend to parity in MLS, because the fluctuations that most teams have year to year and how they, where they finish in the standings is wildly volatile. I mean, Colorado Rapids w won the West last year. Um, and where are they this year? They're 23rd out of how, you know, 28 teams. So time will tell. Obviously, we're all fans. Deadline day always brings yeah. these kinds of discussions. And I think at the end of the day, we're just happy that people care. Yeah, well, thanks for thanks for letting me ask you that question. I know it's not a comfortable thing to answer. Because like, obviously, this is the criticism. No, it's a good discussion. Well, and I think that the reality is, is that um, – when you are just on the outside, you kind of don't under, you, I don't know. You don't think that the people inside the club care about it as much as you do, which is <laughs> bizarre to me for someone who has been, um, on both sides of this, you know, of the anxiety here. Yeah, sure. So, but I think that that's the reality. And, uh, um, you know, it's, there's a lot of moving pieces and I think that, uh, as frustrated as we get as fans, I think that the, that, um, there can be some solace in the idea that like these guys care that are trying to do this. And I think I honestly, like, I really feel like that the, um, you know, just looking at the way that San Jose fell apart last week, like, I mean, granted, RSL could have taken more advantage of that and scored more goals, but that was a team, that team is not cohesive on the level that RSL is. Um, I've seen this right. with like, I'm trying to think of the other teams, like, well, Colorado doesn't have the same vibe as, as yeah. I mean, we've watched teams come in here and like, we can see it. Like, I mean, if you're paying attention, you're looking at the team and you're like, I don't know if you're watching body language and things like that, there's things about this RSL team that maybe aren't even, that haven't been here at, at, at RSL for a long time. I sure. think this like from going from like last, last fall to this, to, to right now, I think that the, and I, I think it's corny to say the vibes, but the vibes of this team are been yeah. good and been positive. And I think that the reality is like, the success from the team, whether or not you had a you know ten million dollar player or not, would be from do they connect? Are they are they are they happy to be around each other? Are yeah. they having, are they having fun when they're playing? That kind of stuff. I think that's a big part of it. Um, I think that in on European teams, that expectation is not there. I think you can like just buy your way to like you know a successful team in a place where money has no object. But in MLS, I do think that you're seeing that the the teams that are on the top are the teams that kind of 
gel yeah. together and have and have you know have purpose together and like are, are fighting for the same thing and like if you're just fighting for you know the name on the back of the shirt right? i don't mm-hmm. get that that cliche but like that's sure. but if you're fighting for you know like i think that like this team is a is a team full of guys that care about each other i like i love watching the um the broadcast i love watching the the interactions right after the last whistle like when the camera yeah, goes down sure. the field and you see you can kind of catch a little bit of it you'll see like you'll see justin miriam go up and give guys hugs you'll, yeah. you'll see like the guys like talking to each other you'll see you'll see rsl players go up and console the team you know the the yeah. keeper that they just beat in the last second of the game i think there's just some great things you're seeing there and that that maybe don't that maybe haven't existed for a while or don't exist for every team so anyway anyway thanks no, i mean the, i think the last piece is like and people make fun of Elliot for saying this, but this truly is the philosophy is you're not going to make a short term reactionary move, whether, you know, at whatever cost to sacrifice, like what you're building as your long-term core and clearly long-term success is what is after, uh, what this club is after long-term, um, stability and always being in a position uh, to bring pride to our community, to win championships, to win hardware for sure. But, you know, that doesn't mean throwing crazy money around every single transfer window to try to f- fix what was wrong over the last couple weeks of, of games, you know. And certainly I think the, the track record, uh, both whether it's on Elliott's side or Pablo's side, uh like you just said, the guys love each other. Everybody's pulling in the right direction or in the same direction. And um, and look, those those high profile signings may come. They may not be necessary. Brian Ojeda a year from now may be the next Demir Krylock. Like who knows? Like not to put that pressure on him, but um, time will tell. Yeah. Performances will tell, and it's it is only through group success that individual glory will be attained and that's that's been part of the ethos of this club since garth and jason in 2007 so i don't i don't think that that much has changed yeah well big game tomorrow um if you don't have your tickets uh <laughs> good luck there's still, there's still set standing room but we're already at twenty thousand. I think 600 here as of noon on Friday. So I will say the standing room. I think that 21363 is in jeopardy. The, the standing room is actually pretty fun. It's fun to, the, the stadium's fun to wander around and get to like get, get a taste of all the different, the different yeah. <laughs> parts of the stadium. Um, but it, it, it'll be a good one. Um, I don't know. I'm excited. Like I'm one of those guys. I'm excited to see someone like Gareth Bale come play on a field in Utah too. I don't, I don't know. I uh, <laughs> like seeing that yeah. stuff too, but, but I'm excited to see how, how this team bounces back from a disappointing, um, a disappointing result. I love that the disappointing result is a draw on the road. Um, but yeah. I want to see some, I mean, we need to see some more positive results and we, uh, I think this team's got it in them and, uh, yeah, that's why it's, uh, it's fun to talk about them actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks for hanging out with us today. Look forward to seeing you at Rio Tinto Saturday night, RSL, LAFC, RSL, seven wins, one loss, three draws at home this year, 11-3-3 in the Pablo Mastroini era. So hopefully we can make it number eight of 2022, number 12 of Pablo's 38-game RSL coaching career. And then, then we're off to Seattle next week. That'll be a fun Uh, show we'll have to have uh, somebody with some seattle ties on the pod here next week but anyway we always appreciate you listening 
sharing, downloading, etc. Please give us your feedback. Bleeding Claret and Cobalt. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Claret Cobalt, anchor.fm slash Claret and Cobalt. And uh, you can also use the old-fashioned method and uh, email me, rsltrey at gmail.com. We love you. We believe. We'll see you at Rio Tinto Stadium Saturday night. Thank you to our friends, Adam Sessions, One Wire Fiber, for making this podcast possible. Thank you.